Well, good morning. Well, welcome to the season of Lent. Just a few days ago on Ash Wednesday, we had ashes on our foreheads, a reminder of our humanity, our sin, and our need of a Savior. It was an invitation to repent and follow Jesus. Lent is a season to trim away excess, to starve the addictions, to lay down every idol, and to return to God. Lent calls us to take stock, to draw close to God, to get back to the basics and essentially to come to terms with how things really are, taking off our masks and no longer pretending and no more um, kidding ourselves. It's a time to look honestly with what is going on in our lives and resolve to turn away from sin and to take a new course of action a new path that brings life to the full. The nearness of the Lord in the Word of God, in bread and wine, in songs and prayer, in one another, will uphold and sustain us during this journey. We're going to be talking this morning about Jesus' temptation in the wilderness. And I hope that as we we were reading uh, the Old Testament uh, lesson, that your hearts were moved as we are reminded of God's salvation history and His faithfulness to His people and how He delivered them and set them free. We're reminded in our epistle reading from St. Paul that we enter into this relationship with Jesus Christ by grace through faith in Him. And this morning we are we see how the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus and led him into the wilderness. And even uh, St. Saint Mark uh, says that the Spirit of God drove Jesus to the wilderness. There's a lot going on there, but I will stop and say this. Sometimes we think when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, He always leads us to smooth and calm places. But one thing I will assure you is that no matter where the Holy Spirit leads you, He promises He's not going to leave you there by yourself. The first temptation is to turn stone into bread. So the tempter's overall intent is to manipulate Jesus. So verse 3 says this, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. So the temptation is to believe that I am what I do. I am what I do. So it is the temptation of performance. Our culture asks the same question. What have you achieved? How have you demonstrated usefulness? What do you do? So most of us consider ourselves valuable if we have scored sufficient successes in work, family, school, church, and relationships. When we don't, we may move harder and faster, go inward into depression out of shame, or perhaps blame others for our dilemma. We are tempted to find our worth, value, and meaning outside of God's never-ending, unconditional, and undeserved love that is found in His Son, Jesus Christ. The voice from heaven at His baptism already confirms the identity and the relationship to Jesus when He says, My dearly loved Son who brings me great joy, in whom I have great delight. Satan is attacking Jesus' identity and trying to get him to misuse his power as the Son of God. The tempter seems to be implying, if you are the Son of God, why should you stay hungry? Just turn those stones into bread, which you are capable of doing, and feed yourself. 
So Jesus has it within his power to perform such a miracle, but later he miraculously um, multiplies loaves into fishes to feed thousands of people. So what's the difference? Satan is trying to get Jesus to use his power selfishly, not according to God's will and God's purposes. So Jesus responds to Satan by quoting a uh, passage from Deuteronomy. And since it is the Father's will for Jesus to be in the desert who relies not on his own abilities to create food, but upon his Father to supply everything that he needs. So the first temptation is to attempt to get at the core of Jesus' personal trust in the Father's leading, purposes, and provision. So even though he is hungry and hurting after 40 days of fasting, regardless of the present circumstances, Jesus maintains that the essence of life is trusting in his Father and in his Word. He does not need to turn stones into bread in order to confirm his identity or to supply his needs. The Father has declared him the Son. The Holy Spirit has led him into the desert. And he will not go contrary to his Father's will. So the Holy Spirit led him there, and he trusts that the Father will take care of him, even if his body is crying out for food. So throughout our life, Satan will attack our identity and try to get us to misuse our authority and our power. Trying to get us to use it for selfish purposes and for self-centered gain. So the enemy will attempt to get at the core of our trust and our faith in God. But with the example of Jesus Christ, we can overcome this temptation. Our identity is not in our performance, but it's found in Jesus Christ. Our authority and power is not to be used for selfish purposes and gain, but with humility and obedience to the Father. Now the second temptation is to worship Satan. The enemy says in verses 6 and 7, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has, it has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. So temptation number two is this. I am what I have. This is the temptation of possession. So Jesus was taken to see all the glory and power of the earth. And the devil basically said to him, look around at what everyone else has. You don't have anything how can you think that you are somebody how will you survive you're a nobody have you ever heard those things before the devil played on profound issues of fear and the source of his security our culture measures our success by what we own billions of dollars each year are spent seducing children and adolescents to believe that they have to have certain toys and clothes and smartphones and electronics and all kinds of things and games and social media and so much more. So their very identities depend on it. Every ha- everyone has one of these, Mom. Everyone has one, Dad, right? You heard that before? As adults, we measure ourselves through comparisons as well. It's not any different. Who has the most money, the most beautiful and hottest body, the most comfortable life, the best house or car, the newest and coolest smartphone or laptop, and the list goes on and on. So often our sense of worth is tied to our positions at work, the money and the perks. 
who has the best education from what school, the most talents and awards, more degrees on their, their resume, who has the most handsome boyfriend or husband, the best-looking girl or wife. To define myself as a son or daughter immensely loved by God, to find my personal worth in my Abba Father who says to me, you are my son and daughter who I love, and with you I am well pleased. Apart from anything else I do is revolutionary. We talk about identity a lot. And we even talked about it um, this past uh, Wednesday, Ash Wednesday, and even last week in our sermon. Identity comes through Jesus Christ. My culture, family of origin, and flesh tell me that only possessions and talents and applause from other people are sufficient for security. Jesus models surrender of our will to the love of the Father as the true anchor of who we really are. Satan takes Jesus to a high mountain, shows him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor, and then makes an astounding offer. All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Those kingdoms are the very reason Jesus has laid aside his own glory. His ultimate purpose is to gather the nations into the kingdom of God, as Matthew 25 tells us. But before he sits on his royal throne, Jesus must hang on the cross. So the devil offers a shortcut. How many times a week are we offered shortcuts? Jesus can bypass the humiliation of this human suffering on the cross, but to take this shortcut, he would be giving up the will of his Father in heaven to worship the devil who is on earth. The Father's will for Jesus' life is the cross, But Satan tries to sidetrack him from the mission by getting him to take a shortcut to gain the kingdom that will someday be his the hard way. The way God's kingdom works is completely different than the world's and the enemy's kingdom. We will always be tempted by Satan to take the shortcut. There are no easy shortcuts in discipleship and mission. There are no easy shortcuts in following Jesus. There are no easy shortcuts in growing into the image of Jesus Christ for the sake of the world. A community of people following Jesus Christ together in in spiritual transformation and obedience to the mission of God is a lifelong journey that requires the way of the cross. We might fight the... I should say we must fight the urge to look at nickels and noses and bucks and butts as the gauging factor of spiritual success and failure. The way of the cross is completely different than the way of this world. So Jesus emphatically declares, get out of my face, and as we might say today in our culture, talk to the hand. Away with you, Satan. For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve Him only. So in this response, Jesus exerts his rightful authority over Satan and quotes again from the Old Testament, Deuteronomy. So as powerful as Satan might be, and as frail as Jesus must be because of fasting and the intensity of the temptations, Jesus defeats him with a word. So Jesus uses the truth of Holy Scripture to guide his understanding of reality. So do we allow the Word of God to guide and reorder our understanding of what is real in our life? Do we use the Word of God to resist the temptations that we face? Do we use the Word of God 
to speak truth to come against the lies the enemy tells us. When Jesus refused to go the way of the tempter, he was embracing the way of the Father, which is the way of the cross. And of course, it didn't end there, and Jesus knew that, and God knew that. The enticing whispers that echoed around his head were designed to distract him from his central calling, the road to which his baptism had committed him, the path of servanthood that would lead to suffering and death. They were meant to hinder him from carrying out God's calling. So Satan tries to do the same thing to each one of us, making us think that we are what we have, that our identity is not in our possessions, but it's in Jesus Christ. And I can't tell you how many times I'm saying that this morning is because I want us to realize that it's not in our possessions. It's in Jesus. The enemy also tries to get us to take shortcuts and to distract us from fulfilling God's kingdom agenda. And there are no shortcuts to discipleship and mission. Following Jesus is intentional and it takes discipline. This is why Timothy says, train yourself for the purpose of of godliness. The third temptation is to jump off the temple and let his angels help him. The enemy says in verses 9 through 11, if you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. So temptation number three is this, I am what others think. This is the temptation of popularity. Some of us are addicted to what other people think. Most of us place a higher premium on what other people think than what God thinks. Satan invited Jesus to throw himself down from the highest spot of the temple that people might believe in him. True freedom comes when we no longer need to be somebody special in order for people's eye, in other people's eyes because we know who we are in God's eyes. Please listen to this. If this is the only thing you remember this morning, it'll be a good thing. And that is this, that true freedom comes when we do not give people the power to define us. And I want to say that one more time. True freedom comes when we do not give people the power to define us. We, re- we remain trapped in living a pretend and false life out of an unhealthy concern for what other people think. Satan is trying to get Jesus to test his father in two ways. Number one, by intentionally putting himself in harm's way, Jesus would be inappropriately testing his father's love, trying to manipulate him to send a rescuing force of angels. True faith asks no such demands. And number two, If Jesus were to throw himself off the high place of the temple and the angels rescued him, think of the reaction of the people. This kind of spectacular display would gain Jesus a quick and instant following, but that is not the will and the way of the Father. Jesus is being challenged to confirm the relationship he has to the Father. Does the Father really love him? Prove it by sending help. Does the father really know the best way to gain a following? Watch the reaction that a jump will produce. But Jesus does not need the father to prove anything else. The father already declared the relationship at his baptism. The son needed no other further confirmation. This is the essence of biblical faith. 
taking God at His word and being obedient to it without needing others' confirmation. We will always be tempted by the enemy to go the way of glitz and glamour, the spectacular and extravagant. It might get a quick instant following, but this is not always the way of the cross, the way of the kingdom of God. With God's power and strength, we can say no to the ways of the world and yes to the ways of the kingdom of God. Now, many churches today have fallen into the temptation to entertain, to provide the spectacular and the extravagant, and to add the glitz and the glamour to what they do. But I think we all need to be very careful of this. The immediate outcome of Jesus' rebuke of Satan was that he left him. The Matthew account says that the angels took care of Jesus. Three powerful temptations threaten us. Each in its own way screams that God's love for you will never be enough. You are not lovable. You are not good enough. You do not have enough. And all of us have a variety of temptations that can sidetrack us. A difficult temptation for one person might not even phase another person. A temptation is not always something inherently evil either, but rather a good thing that's used for the wrong purposes. The very nature of a temptation is that it can subtly be interpreted to be a good thing, not a bad thing, but perverting a good thing to a bad use. So therefore, one of the most important considerations when addressing temptation is to understand the proper purpose for anything that we face. Said in another way, What does God want for us in a particular situation? When we face any kind of temptation, if we use 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 as a guideline in the way suggested, we can learn how to draw on all of God's resources to overcome. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 10 13, any temptation that you face will be nothing new, but God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can handle. But he always provides a way of an escape that you will be able to endure and keep moving forward. Being tempted is not the sin. Giving into the temptation is when it becomes sin. As James 1 verses 14 and 15 says, When a person is carried away with desire, lured by lust, and when desire becomes the focus and, and takes control, it gives birth to sin. And when sin becomes fully grown, it produces death. Be aware of the shortcuts, the sidetracks, the spectacular displays, power, fame, glitz, and glamour, and so many other distractions. As God's children, we are tempted by the enemy to distract us, to turn us aside from the path of servanthood, the path of kingdom living of fulfilling God's calling and purposes, of bringing God's light into a dark and broken world. In the beginning of this story, the Spirit of God led or drove Jesus out into the battleground. And at the end of the story, angels come and take care of Jesus. Remember, if the Spirit of God leads you into such a place, He will not leave you alone. He'll provide everything that we need in the midst of the temptations, the desert the wilderness. We will experience many temptations through our life. However, we can say no with the help that God provides. We can overcome. 
we can make kingdom decisions. Just as God sent angels to care for Jesus, He will take care of us as well. So during this season of Lent, hear the call to make kingdom decisions. That God will give us strength and power and ability when we turn to and rely on Him through our temptations and through all of life's entire journey. Let us pray. Help us, Lord, not to fall into temptation, to find our identity in other things rather than in you. Nor let us give into the temptation of shortcuts, sidetracks, spectacular displays, power, fame, glitz, and glamour, and so many other distractions. Help us to trust in you. The promise is that you will give us everything we need to overcome temptation. Help us to remember that our identity is firmly planted in you. Help us to be aware of the lies of the enemy so that we can combat that with the truth of your word. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.